Here's an important note. What was the father doing while his son was in a distant land chasing women and getting high and feeding pigs? Was he sitting around trash talking his son, complaining about his son? I'm, I almost said butt hurt, but I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that in church without getting an email. <laughs> I'll probably get an email. No, he wasn't sitting there twisted. He was preparing for his son's return. He also didn't go rescue his son. He waited for the son to repent and to return. By faith, the father was out in the fields and working with the, the people that raised his animals. He said, I want you to save that calf and I want you to make that calf fat so that when we cut out a nice ribeye, the marbling is just right. Fatten that calf up because my son's coming home. And he goes back to the house and the guy that raises the cows is like, that son is not coming home. That old man's an idiot. He goes over to the, the women that worked for him that were weaving together fabrics. And he said, I, I want to make a robe for my son. Oh, your older son? That's No, 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 no. My son that ran away. Mm, okay, boss, whatever you want. Because I want to prepare a robe for him. Because I know he's going to return. He went into town and he, he, he scraped together some gold and silver and he had it melted down and he forged a new family ring that his son had probably pawned because he wanted to put a ring of royalty on his son's finger. One of the cows was killed and he pulled out a nice smooth piece of leather. And I, I just imagine this, he personally crafted some sandals for his boy. Because in the ancient world, poor people had no shoes. Only the wealthy had sandals. So that when the son would return, he would immediately restore his son to the established position and right back into the family. There's no waiting period. There's no punishment. There, there, there's no, if you're good for a while, we'll see. It was immediately put a robe on his back, a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet and kill that fatted calf that has the right marbling because tonight we're going to party. I remind you, we're not talking about a loving father on a farm and a son. We're talking about the kingdom of God. So you might be the rebellious son that doesn't want to live like God your father wants you to and you ran away. Or you might be more like the older brother. Now for time, we're going to skip the older brother's part of the story. But the older brother didn't leave. The older brother, he worked hard. The older brother was probably having to do all the things for the father to prepare for his stupid son's return. The older brother was like, what's the big deal? I never left. Where's my party? Because you can be in church and you can work on a dream team and you can never seek the face of the father. You can be in church and still be distant from the love of the father. You can be here every week. Give your 10% and give to the building fund and serve on a team and still not be living like a son or a daughter of the most high God. See, we need to walk as sons and daughters. We need to take full advantage of being part of the family of God. That he loves us so much that through his son Jesus, we have been adopted into this family. And if we don't experience everything that God has for us, it's not his fault, it's our fault because he's offering us everything. Here's the funny thing. This rebellious son, this prodigal boy, he didn't have to ask the father for anything because everything was already his. That's what the father told the older son. 
So here we have today in 2022, in Father's Day, we have a crisis in our culture. I said it earlier, more people today are being raised in a home with no father than ever before. And some people are being raised in a home with a male adult, whether it's a stepdad or a dad, but that man is not fathering his children correctly. In the Old Testament, the prophet Malachi, he saw something in the future. He saw a vision about a revival that would come in the last days. He said, look, I'm going to send you the prophet Elijah before that great and dreadful day of the Lord. And his preaching is going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Otherwise, I'm going to come and strike the land with a curse. Well, we already know how to overcome the land being struck with a curse, and that is when the children of God seek the face of the Father. I, I think that this verse, this prophetic word from Malachi has several applications, but for the sake of today's lesson, for the sake of Father's Day, for the sake of time and, and what we're talking about today, Malachi looked into the future and through the Holy Spirit prophetically saw a time when fathers would not have a heart for their own children. And that there would be a revival, there would be a move of God when the hearts of fathers would be turned back to their own children and children of other people in their community. Today, more than ever before, we have fathers that don't have a heart for their kids. Men that have created human life, but they don't have a heart for their own children. They might even be in the home, but they have more of a heart for their career than they do for their kids. They might have more of a, a heart for, for money or wealth or success or status than they do for their own families. They might have a heart for their hobby, for fishing or hunting or you know whatever your hobby is that you like to do more than your kids. You might have a heart for sports and following your team and, and, and playing fantasy or going to games or spending your money more than you do for your kids. You have a heart for your drinking or you're smoking weed or whatever your thing is getting high what you have more of a heart for what you want to do than for your own children but i'm telling you there's a move of god there's a revival that comes when the hearts of the fathers are turned back to their children where dads get off work early so they can go to their kids sports games and dance recitals where, where, where dads have such a heart for their kid even though they're tired at the end of the day they grab a book and they cuddle up and they read stories with their kids. And as their kids get older, they sit and help them figure out their math homework and do the algebra with them. Watch YouTube videos on how to do those old formulas we all forgot. <laughs> There's a revival coming where the Father in heaven is going to turn the hearts of the Father for their own children that dads want to sit on a couch and cuddle up and watch a kid's movie with their arm around them. I know that this might seem really hard for most of you men because your dad wasn't like this to you. Well, it's time somebody changes the culture of the church and that dads are willing to accept the fact that their dads didn't do it for their kids, but they will do it for their children. Hey, dad. Yes, God has asked us to discipline our children, but we don't have to constantly correct them. I'm going to say it to this side of the room because they didn't get it. Hey, fathers, we're called by God to discipline our kids for the big things when they blow it, but we don't need to correct every little thing the kids do. It turns their hearts away. We need to be the kid's biggest cheerleader. We need to lie to our kids and tell them they are the best athlete, the best dancer, the best speller. 
I, I need to be real with my kids. No, you don't. The world will be real with your kids. Your kids need you to be their cheerleader. Your kids need to see you come to church and be on time. Your kids need to see you give in the offering and give to the building project. Your kids need to see you serving on a team. Your kids need to see you with your heart and your hands seeking the face of the Father in heaven. Your kids need to see you being holy at church and at home. Your kids need to see you loving their mom. Kids need to be encouraged. What does encouraged mean? that a dad would put courage into their kid. Then what happens? The hearts of the children are turned to the fathers. Well, my kids better honor me and respect me. No, that comes after you do your job right. You know what else good dads do? They know how to sit down and have a family meeting say, hey, children, listen, I just want to apologize because daddy blew it. I, I hollered at you. I cussed at mom. I, I, I know you saw me when I got drunk or I cussed that guy out on 183 and I flipped him off. That's wrong. Godly men don't act like that. Godly men know how to apologize and apologize to their kids. Can I take it as a last point right here? Something that I've shied away from, and I'll explain why in a minute. We need to be, we're going to fix this crisis in America and we're going to fix it here in our city and we're going to fix it in our church. We need to be spiritual fathers and mothers to other people and we also need to be under a spiritual father and mother. We both need to have spiritual parents and be spiritual parents. And it's not one or the other, it's both. See, I've always shied away from the whole spiritual father thing because in like the 90s and 2000s, having spiritual parents was taught a lot and it was a really big deal and most people went bananas and acted weird about it and said stupid things and they, 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 they treated, had more honor for their spiritual parents than they did for their natural parents or for their heavenly father. And they just said weird, crazy stuff. But I can't throw out the baby because crazy people like to sit in the bathwater and drink it. Like, I, there is a, a truth to being a spiritual father, but also being under a spiritual father. And here's why this is important. Because children today might not have a natural father in the home, but they need a spiritual father in the youth group, in the children's ministry, in the youth ministry. I saw Brian Lindenberger was helping out his, with the teenagers the other week. I'm like, um... You know, Brian's like 40-something, Josh. What? He's kind of old to be in there. He said, no, I asked him because he's a good dad and our kids need to be surrounded by good dads. <sighs> why do we need to do this? Here's why. The Bible often refers to us, the children of God. The illustration is that we are sheep and he is the good shepherd. When a sheep is born, they don't know the voice of the shepherd, they only know the voice of their mama. But as the shepherd speaks and mom hears, she will teach the baby lamb to hear the voice of the shepherd. See, it's not one or the other. Yes, you need a personal, intimate relationship with the father, but you also need a spiritual father, a spiritual mother that hears the voice of the father and says, hey, 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 listen, listen to what the father's saying. I need to train your voice to hear the Father's voice.
Can I also give a side note when it comes to being under a spiritual father or spiritual mother? Be humble, be teachable. I'm, I have a spiritual father in my life I meet with about once every six weeks. We'll go get coffee together and we'll talk and we'll catch up. But then he'll usually ask a few good penetrating WD-40 get to the squeaky part of my heart questions. And I humble myself and I'm honest. And then I will always ask him, hey, what can I do better? How can I be a better husband? How can I be a better father? How can I be a better pastor? Because I want to get better. I want him to father me, but I want to make it easy on him. So I humble myself. It's so hard to pastor when people come and they talk to Josie and I with a wall up. We're like, dude, I'm here to help you. Just chill. I'm not going to hurt you. Why do we talk about fathers? The father has three main jobs. To protect, to provide, and to promote. Protect, provide, promote. We gotta do all three. For our natural kids, for our nieces and nephews, for our spiritual kids. Protect, provide, promote. So if you're like, dude, I'm a 64-year-old woman. This message has not spoken to me at all. I have no children, or at least no kids in my house or life anymore. We all need to be under spiritual parents, and we need to be spiritual parents, moms and dads. We all need to be protected, provided for, and promoted. And like the loving father in the story of the prodigal son, we need to prepare for prodigals to come home to this family. We need to prepare our hearts when prodigals come to these altars. We have prepared, actually we only have a few spaces left. If you're visiting today, this is our Jesus wall. Every single one of these light bulbs is a life that was transformed by Jesus. Somebody that raised their hands, somebody that prayed a prayer and they wrote their initials or their name on it and they screwed it into that wall. It's people that watched our church online and they got right with God online and they sent in a prayer thing and their names are on that wall. Hop up on your feet. I want to pray for you. And there's a lot of really good Bible verses up on this stage. I could just get up here and preach some of these verses. I don't even know that one. I'll have to look that one up. <laughs> in our altar time later, if you weren't here last Sunday or maybe God spoke something to you when you were in prayer for our church, grab a Sharpie off that table and write a verse or a prophetic word or just your name, what you're believing God for in our church. No grow do. Yeah, God. If you're here this morning and you're not right with God, you haven't experienced his love as a father. Maybe you've experienced church, but you've never experienced the love of the father in heaven. <clears throat> Maybe you're here this morning and you've run from God. Somewhere you got twisted with God, you got twisted with church, and you just ran. You ran and ran and ran and ran. Did you notice though in Luke 15, the son came to his senses and realized he needed to repent and go running back to the father. Did you notice that the father is preparing for you? He's preparing to put a ring on your finger and a robe on your back. He wants to adopt you right back into kingdom royalty. There's no waiting period. There's no shame. The father loves you and he's looking for you to come home. I, I can lead you in these prayers, but I can't pray them for you. 
It has to be your decision. You have to be willing to be like that young man and completely surrender your life back to the Father's will, back to the Father's love, back to the, the culture of the Father. <laughs> the world today is really mad at the church for something called conversion therapy. I am a strong believer in conversion therapy. I want everybody, no matter what their life looks like, to convert and be more like Jesus. To surrender their lives to Jesus. To seek the face of the Father. And that if we as a church would seek the Father's face, He'll heal our land. If you're here this morning and you're like, this message has meant nothing to me because I am so right with God, I am like a champion, amazing Christian. You talk like that, you're an older brother. <laughs> Let's all seek the face of the Father, right? Can I lead you in a prayer? <clears throat> now this prayer would mainly be for people that have never prayed this prayer to get right with God, or maybe it's been a minute and you've run from God. Why don't we make it the best Father's Day ever and embrace the love of the Father? Maybe you could forgive your natural dad that ran out on you and hurt you, said terrible things to you, rode you too hard, never really was tender with you and loved you, never put an arm around you, told him how proud he is of you. Your dad probably didn't know better. Your dad probably was treated worse by your grandfather. So rather than carry that pain and carry that distance against your dad, even if your dad has already died, forgive him. Release him of that debt that you've been holding against him. And be a better man, be a better woman that's going to love people well, your own kids, your grandkids, your nieces and nephews, kids in this church that need spiritual parents. Let's bet that today, let's let this Father's Day be the day that we completely forgive our dads in the areas that they fell short. <clears throat> God never falls short. He's amazing. If you need to pray and ask God to forgive you of your sin, if you need to pray and ask God that you would repent and surrender your life, if you need to pray and ask God to adopt you back into his family and make you royal once again, either for the first time or the first time in a long time, I'll lead you in that prayer, but I would like to know who I'm praying for. If that's you this morning, would you shoot your hand up real high and just say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. I'm gonna get right with God today. I see that hand over there. Is anybody else? Just shoot your hand up real high. And just say, preacher, today's my day to get right with God. What about you that are watching online? One person raised their hand and said, today's my day to get right with God. What about you? Right there in your living room, just watching YouTube and your heart's beating out of your chest. The Father loves you. He's not mad at you. He's looking for you to pray this prayer. Whether you raise your hand or not, if you believe it in your heart, for those at home, for the one that's here, won't you pray this out loud? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I repent. I surrender my life to you. Wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus, be the Lord of my life, the lover of my soul. Help me to walk in forgiveness and love, humility, and a hunger to seek the face of the Father. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. For the one and for those online, would you say amen? You say amen. Come on, somebody. Yay, God. Yay, God. Yay, God.